Welcome to LOL You're Gay, a gay comedy podcast with Adam Myatt and Lisa Buchanan. Hi, Lisa. Hello. How you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Maybe a little sick. Oh. Maybe dehydrated. We've talked about water in previous episodes and how important it is. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm becoming mummified. As I sit here, I feel like I'm going to start coughing dust. <laughs> That's the level of dehydration you've achieved. I'm pretty close. If I'm not there, I'm like very close to it. I don't know. I feel like I drank one glass of water in the last 72 hours. That's not enough water. That's not enough. No. That's what I've heard, but I, I, nothing ever happens. <laughs> Except for the coughing of dust. Yeah, I mean, I guess the general malaise, I feel, that is probably attributed partially to that. Yeah. But either way. So how, how's it going besides besides that? Things are going pretty well. A sort of funny thing happened to me um, at work a few days ago. Um, you know, we generally live in a time of uh, paranoia around technology and how quickly it's advancing and mm-hmm. um, how it might take over. Uh, but I'm not too worried about it anymore because okay. uh, here's what happened. So at work, we have basically two spam systems mm-hmm. that are in operation. One is uh, external and one is just the Outlook junk mail folder. Right. So the one that we have externally is sort of hyperactive mm-hmm. and it basically quarantines every newsletter that I receive. Mm. Which is fine. It's just a hassle. I have to go in and check the quarantine thing online. Mm-hmm. But I get an email about it almost every day saying, here are the things we've quarantined from that we think might be spam. Go in and release them if you w- wish to. But then occasionally things get missed, which is weird because of how hyper- hyperactive it is. And one message will end up in just in the junk email folder in Outlook because it got past the other screen. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I saw that I had something in my junk mail folder Mm -hmm. in Outlook, and it was the message from the other spam filter (laughs) telling me which messages it had quarantined. (laughs) I like that. So the the two systems are working against each other, and as long as they're fighting with one another, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be focused on the humans, Right, is my theory. That they're scarily taking after us. Yeah. Because I feel like that's always that's usually our main thing. Yes. Is we can't being like, counterproductive. Yeah, we can't like stop just like picking at each other to like deal with real problems. Yeah. Hmm. Technology. And none of the spam is ever well, I shouldn't say that. It does catch some legitimate spam. Mm-hmm. But the times when it's something has gotten through, it's like it is the most obvious thing that should have been filtered out. It had like one that a couple of us received at the office, uh, an email had the word porn in the text of the email, and that didn't get caught. Well, I mean, yeah, that should get caught. I think at this stage, it probably should, if it's just concerned about like the generic newsletters I get from very innocuous sources. Was it a porn newsletter? No, it was some, I didn't get too deep into it because you don't want to be caught reading that sort of thing for too long at the office. But 
It, yeah, it no, it was more of an advertising thing, like if you were seeking out something related, right? Or someone. Yeah, because I don't think <laughs> more specifically. <laughs> I don't think there's like there's not usually like newsletters on porn sites. You can't usually like sign up for updates. Oh, really? Not I'm not that I can recall. I don't. I don't know. That's not what I'm looking for, but. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yeah, no, this wasn't a like a, a something that anybody had accidentally subscribed to. This was just right. a find local something something. Right. Yeah, I used to get these emails that um, these like spam emails that I used to actually I saved them and read them because they weren't there was nothing in them really. There was no like links or like attachments or whatever. They were just like really strangely worded emails, um, and often were like these like weird mistranslations of like poems. That's and they were actually really strange. They were kind of great. So I used to like keep them and save them for myself. I try to find them now and then, but they're like so deep in the abyss of like my unlimited email account that I just <laughs> could never find them again. But I used to love I used to love a good spam mail. That's a very odd thing to have happened. Yeah. That that you actually came to appreciate the spam <laughs> that you received. That's full circle. And what know? purpose would is it, was it to serve if it had no links i'm really it's very con- strange i have no idea it's 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 strange i mean maybe there was like some secret message embedded in it that i just did not decipher oh. <laughs> do you think that maybe you're like you're like jason Bourne or or the manchurian candidate and something in one of those Cage. emails <laughs> was, no i'm serious something in one of those emails was supposed to be your trigger right to like just... flip the switch in your brain and make you a secret agent again right and you've been embedded all this time but i was just like eating doritos at home and like only half read the email and like deleted it <laughs> <laughs> so i'm still just living my regular life yeah and they're like waiting and they're like in some kind of helicopter or just going somewhere like where the hell's that other guy yeah he was supposed to have been activated by this yeah. spam poem email yeah they look they find the gps that's embedded in my body and he's like why he's in the recording studio at the halifax library Recording a what is he? What is he do? Come on! Oh, for Christ! I don't know. Invested millions of dollars in this program. <laughs> so that's our first uh, advertiser, actually, in our program is uh, sleeper sleeper cells or some something. Is that what they're called? I think that's what yeah, called. I think that is what a sleeper cell is. Yeah. yeah. Well, you heard it here first. You mentioned earlier before we started recording octopuses something about oh them? yeah yeah i could i know that we generally try to keep these podcasts ep- episodes relatively short and digestible on a you know commute home or to work um but i could probably go on for a good half hour mm-hmm. just talking about octopuses or octopi depending on your preferred pluralization uh, octopuses <laughs> we'll go with that that's what i prefer um i prefer the incorrect pluralization yeah it's it's funnier um, I think that technology is really not what we have to worry about because before it gets to a point of taking over, the octop- octopi, octopuses, <laughs> are going to have taken over the planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't follow you yet. I'm, I'm excited to hear where it's going. Well. Uh, several years ago, mm-hmm. a friend of mine alerted me to an episode of The Nature of Things, <laughs> popular Canadian uh, science program, mm-hmm. television show, um, which is called Aliens of the Deep. 
That's the name of the episode. Right. I believe, last I checked, which was not that long ago, it is still available f- to watch for free on the CBC website. Mm-hmm. It's an episode from about five or six years ago, mm-hmm. Aliens of the Deep. And it is all about how we as humans simply do not comprehend how smart the octopus population is. Right. They're they're beyond smart. We don't even know how smart they are. And I'm just, I'm quite convinced that we must remain ever vigilant. So now whenever, I tell everybody about <laughs> my concern because we are, we live in a coastal city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are the first, we are most at risk right. for right. this eventual takeover. Right. So anytime something in the news happens that's related to an octopus, somebody sends it to me <laughs> because they know that I'm concerned. So a few years ago, an octopus escaped from a tank mm-hmm. in a research facility, got out of the way out of the tank, found its way, I think, down a toilet, out the plumbing, and back into the ocean. Very Finding Nemo-style situation. Right. And I'm sure that the octopus is going back to report to its people what it had learned. What if it stole anything? Any, like, oh, paperwork? trade secrets at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> but my, so the, I... I encourage everybody to watch Aliens of the Deep and get all the details and understand why I have this deep-seated paranoia. Uh, But to suffice, uh, is that a term? To suffice? Suffice it to say. Suffice it to say. Is it suffice it or sufficed? Suffice is both, but people tend to put the, do it all Shakespearean, put the ud, like pronounce the ed. Right. And say suffice it to say. Suffice it to say. But now, because of that, people think it's suffice it. It. To say that's yeah. incorrect, right? Yeah. Okay. So sufficed to say, okay. <laughs> um, there's there are certain types of octopi who are chameleon-like and they can camouflage themselves into any surface, and this seems non-threatening because other creatures do this sort of thing. The scary part about an octopus that does this is that they don't just um, change their features to look like nature mm-hmm. where they are normally going to occur these researchers took uh, a man-made pattern like houndstooth or something along those lines mm-hmm. herringbone and took a big sheet of it put it down on the bottom of the tank and the octopus wiggled over and after a few seconds blended right in Whoa. looked just like houndstooth or whatever pattern so then those researchers thought, well, I wonder how much further we can go with this. They created a computer-generated pattern, which wasn't a pattern because the computer made it. Mm-hmm. It was randomized. They put that big sheet down on the bottom of the tank. The octopus wiggles over, lays down on it for a few, maybe a couple long seconds longer, blends right in to a pattern that does not occur in nature. There could be, there could be in the carpet... <laughs> Right here in this room, we have no idea. <laughs> That's a little too much for me to handle. Yeah, and they can walk on land. They just choose not to most of oh, the time. Oh, I don't time. like knowing that. Oh, That's you good? Not... You can go down a YouTube rabbit hole of that. That like, is a thing that I just I'm flipping and flopping unlearn. all over the seashore, scooping up, grabbing oh, crabs, and eating things as they go along, no. attacking. Yeah. Anyway, they also can uh, compress themselves to fit through just about any uh, space. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have this one part of their body that doesn't compress. It's like a membrane part of their body. Mm. 
and it's the one part that I think it's like their brain or something. Anyway, they put this one octopus in a tank and they have a little hole that they like lift the little panel and there's a hole in the tank and they know that this octopus can fit through the hole. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, he finds the hole or she, I don't know the octopus's gender, mm-hmm. um, puts its little tentacle around and flips through, goes through the pipe and out the spout, wherever it was <laughs> meant to be going. Next time around, same right. octopus, same tank, smaller hole. They know that the octopus cannot fit through this hole mm-hmm. because they know how big its little brain thing is. So they lift the little panel, expose the hole. The octopus senses or sees the hole, takes his little tentacle, lifts it up, feels around the perimeter of the hole, assesses the size of it and doesn't even bother trying because the frigging octopus knows how big it is. It has spatial awareness better than humans. Humans get stuck going through holes all the time because we don't know how wide our shoulders and hips are. I I wish listeners could have the visual that I, the miming visual that I have right now. (laughs) I get really fired up. (laughs) I feel like I'm watching the octopus right now. That's a horrifying. Those are horrifying thoughts. I know, and I have them all the time, and that's why I tell everybody else so that I can at least like expel some of my fear to oh. the broader community. Man, yeah, I'm really like deep sea stuff. Mm. It's not. It's not for me. It's kind of scary. I can't swim to begin with. That like right. so. At least I'm not ever going to hopefully find myself in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I had like really horrifying experiences um, when I was a kid on uh, Microsoft Encarta 95. You remember the encyclopedia? That? The encyclopedia. Because <laughs> we didn't have the internet. Yeah. And so, like, I, there was nothing to surf no. back then. And so I surfed Microsoft Encarta, which is effectively an encyclopedia, but mm-hmm. it was like a little interactive. But there was like tons of like videos of like horrifying. So I rem- I will never forget. There's this one, <laughs> this is one video that has this like image of this like giant squid yes. in it, and I I I won't sleep tonight just now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I brought this up for you. It's fine. Retraumatized you. Well, I mean, is it was one of those I I learned you know I I couldn't watch Jaws when I was a kid. Oh, uh, I was like horrified, horrified by the thought of that. I don't know what it is about things under the water, but they freak me out. Mine is my fear is pretty specific to uh, just octopuses, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, is gen- strange it- because so I should be afraid of sharks, mm-hmm. great whites in particular, because right. my grandfather died because of a, a great white shark. No, he drowned. He wasn't killed by the shark. The shark attacked the boat. My no. grandfather fell oh. into the water, and he was a fisherman who couldn't swim. And it was the fifties, so life jackets weren't. Mandatory. Oh, my God. Yeah. But <laughs> if you watch Jaws, mm-hmm. you will see my grandfather. He's posthumously in the movie. What? Yeah. It's, it's sort and of- And the movie taught him nothing. Well, he was already dead at that point. Oh. Yeah. What? <laughs> so this is how it happened. Okay. <laughs> he died in 1950, and- Several years later, in the early to mid-60s, there mm-hmm. was an issue of National Geographic that was all about great whites. Right. Or sharks. I think it was great whites in particular. And in one of the main articles in the magazine, mm-hmm. there was a recounting of the story of what happened 
to my grandfather and the man who was in the boat with him who survived. Oh, wow. Um, and there was an artist's depiction mm-hmm. of this great white kind of lunging toward this little, they were in a dory. It was just yeah. uh, day, inshore fishing. Um, anyway, so this artist's sketch of my grandfather sort of falling out of the boat and mm. the other man doing the same and the shark and the boat um, <laughs> is in National Geographic. Right. And then Jaws comes out in 73 or 75. And there's a scene where you wouldn't know this if you haven't watched the whole movie. I don't think I have. <laughs> um Chief Brody, who's the lead character, his son gets a little boat for his birthday, and mm. it's tied to the dock by their house, and he's out sitting in the boat. And he, he keeps telling them to get out of the boat, and the mother comes in, and she says, well, don't don't worry about it. It's his birthday. Let them, they're safe in the boat. There have already been a couple of attacks at this point in the movie, so mm-hmm. he's, he's already worried. Uh, anyway, the woman, the mom, picks up what you see is a large book mm-hmm. is what she picks up, but the camera cuts to her POV, and she looks at the image of my grandfather in National Geographic <laughs> in a white boat that resembles the boat that the kids are in. Right. So seeing that prompts her to say, get out of the boat. And, uh, yeah. And then what happened? <laughs> I'm like on the edge <laughs> well, of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, then later Just in the movie. Just tell me the whole plot of the movie so I don't have to watch it. <laughs> it goes downhill from there. The kids are fine. Okay. okay yeah. Good. But they do need a bigger boat. Is right. one of the uh, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The things you mind. But from... I'm not afraid of sharks. Right. I can't swim, and I'm terrified of the water because I guess I don't blame the shark. I blame the not being able to swim thing and the yeah. drowning. And yeah. Whoa. Wow. I. What a story. <laughs> I mean, what to say? It's not a funny story, but because no, but like that's of what happened. But yeah. I, it's a it's a great story nonetheless. I think. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I don't know why I've always been really afraid of sh- like sharks specifically, and then kind of like that kind of generalized to like underwater stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I can't I can't do it. And yet, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou is your favorite movie. Yeah, that's true. I haven't really. That's odd. I think it's because it's so like, it's so put on. It's so right. like. It's kind of campy and not yeah, like real. cartoony. Like yeah. I can handle. I can handle that. Like I was a big fan of SpongeBob SquarePants when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. That was like my favorite show. I was a big fan of SpongeBob in high school and right. university. Right. Oh, when I when I say a kid, I mean yeah. like junior high, going into high school. I still watch it now and then mm-hmm. when Me I'm too. like you know feeling stressed out and I'm like you know what I want to have a cozy evening at home. I'm going to put a couple episodes of that on and uh, calm down. Yeah. Whenever I hear the name Gary, (laughs) I meow in my head. Right. As you you should. Gary is a name that is dying. That, like, nobody. You know, you know, I don't know anything. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know things. Somebody. I come here. This is where I learn anything at all. If you haven't (laughs) said it to me, I don't know it. (laughs) <laughs> so so Gary's dying. Tell me yeah, more The name about Gary that. apparently is dying. And I don't know the source for this, but somebody brought it up at work because, I don't know, we we have a database full of donors at our office, so we see yeah. a lot of names. And the name Gary came up and somebody in the room said, did you know that nobody is naming their children Gary anymore? I wonder why. I don't know. But I went to school with a Gary. Right. So I don't, you know, it's not that uncommon of a name, but apparently if you... Look at kids born after, I don't know, 85 or something like mm. that. Um, there's 
There are no Garys. What's the long form of Gary? Gareth? Not necessarily, but I think sometimes. Right. Is it sometimes just Gary? I think it's often just Gary. Maybe it's just people don't want to have a baby named Gary. This is my baby Gary. Right. That seems... I, there's certain names maybe, that don't fit babies. Yeah, and they, I think that goes through cycles. Right. Because there are all these, what I would think of as old lady names. Right. That are now being given to babies. Yeah, that's true. They, they become popularized again. But right. there's a while there where you think, this is the name of an old person, right. not a baby. Or this hmm. is the name of a middle-aged guy. Right. Gary. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if there are any elusive Garys out there. Yeah. Please pass on your name. Yeah, you may need to start a petition to save <laughs> save the name Gary. Sa- hashtag save Gary. <laughs> <laughs> we should invent a, we were talking about mattresses before this, named mm-hmm. after people. Let's make a mattress, the two of us, named Gary. Gary mattresses. Gary mattresses. You heard it here first. Gary Mattresses. And we'll sponsor our own podcast. We'll sponsor our own podcast. Cyclical. And yeah. discount just... code. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> and that's We will have single hand double handedly. Double handedly. Saved the name Gary. Save the name. I you know what? If that's all I've done today, that's fine. Yeah. It's, you know. It makes it all worthwhile. It's only it's like a day. I can't do it. <laughs> I well, do you do you do you want to share your your fun? We were talking about mattresses earlier, and you were making me laugh about before we started recording. Yes, so I was thinking for my laugh of the week. Um, when we came up with the idea of doing this segment, we we thought, oh, it can be things that we saw that were funny, or it can be things that we're working on that we think are funny in terms of jokes that we've come up with. And I don't think we've had any of our own things be our laughs of the week. I think it's always been external to us. But I had one pop into my head uh, this week. It's not a completed joke just yet, but it might get there someday. I was listening to a podcast, and if you listen to other podcasts other than ours, I don't know why you would do such a thing. (laughs) Um, You probably know that one of the more common advertisers on podcasts are a couple of mattress brands that you can order online and all this sort of thing. And um, so I was listening to some podcast just the other day, and even though I've heard ads for this mattress company, I don't know, hundreds of times on different podcasts, it just struck me that, you know, how how sometimes... um, one person in your life can ruin a name. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a bully of a Gary in your class, <laughs> and that's why nobody's naming their kids Gary anymore, right. is that they were all mean bullies. Could have been. And so, well, we can't name our kid Gary. That no. Gary was a mean guy. Um, and I got me thinking, thinking, like, I wonder, like, have I ruined the name Lisa for anybody? Right. And all I could think was, oh, my gosh. None of my ex-girlfriends will ever be able to buy a Lisa mattress. <laughs> They're going to have to go Casper. They'll have to go Casper. They'll have to go. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's going it, to... I don't have very many ex-girlfriends. It's not going to put a huge <laughs> dent in Lisa's customer base. Yeah, I don't think there's any brands with the word Adam in them that I can think of. But I mean, I I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I think. I think... Everyone loves me. <laughs> so, 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 so my name, it couldn't possibly have ruined anything for anyone. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think know. if you haven't been, and I, I don't think that I have been certainly not intentionally cruel to anybody. So I don't right. think that that would be a reason that I've ruined a name. But right. generally, you wouldn't want the thing that you sleep on right. and do other things on <laughs> to have the same name as an ex. Yeah, that's fair. So I think that's kind of funny. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I there's been a lot of there's actually been a lot of my favorite things today. <laughs> it's been like 28 minutes, but I'm I'm learning so much. I'm learning a lot. Yeah, I um, I know we're kind of jumping jumping ahead, but I mean, I I feel like we're we're getting into it. So my my laugh of the week this week for sure is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Now, full disclosure, I only started watching it, um, like a two maybe maybe a week and a half ago, and uh, I've watched three and a half seasons. Or so, so. I think far. they call that a binge. Yeah, it's been, it's been like, it's like transcended binging. Like it's, it's not so much a thing that I'm doing; it's just a thing that I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I am become drag race. I am. Yeah. I I become drag race. Like I am it. And I like actively didn't watch it for like most of my life because I just. You know, I I don't I like I like some drag, but I you know I'm not really interested necessarily in watching a show all about drag. And so I kind of like just kind of never took the time to watch it. There's just I'm I watch a lot of TV, so there's a lot of other stuff I got I got going on. Um, but I opened for a, a drag race queen uh, here in Halifax. I don't know a couple weeks ago, and so I was like I want to learn more about you know I would like try to like do a little research and like watch a bit of stuff, and I was like really enjoying it. And I was like well maybe I'll watch a little more, and then. We kept watching these seasons, so I've watched like three and a bit seasons, and I say this in complete earnestness: that is one of the greatest television shows of all time. And That's high praise. It's high praise, and I'm like, I'm picky. And you watch a lot of TV. And I watch a lot of TV, but like the range of emotion, the range of of of, it's it's so captivating. It's like the perfect show. Like all the the personalities. Obviously, RuPaul's great. Michelle Visage is like so funny, and like the two of them together, it's like incredible. And the queens, even the queens that you don't like, like by the end of it, like queens that I actively am like, I don't, I don't like that one. By the end of it, I'm like, oh well, I'm, she's kind of she's she's kind of good. She's like she really nailed that challenge. Like, and it's it's just like it's so interesting and captivating and. I that's all I want to do now. And it's funny. And it's so funny. It's so funny. They they had an episode. I just watched um the season where there's a roast of um one of the hosts, Michelle Visage. I can't say her name because I have a bit of a cold. Michelle Visage. And the Queens, like it was just so they were so, so funny. There was I I'm blanking on my favorite thing. It was one of the jokes that wasn't even a good joke. It was just like it was so bad it ended up being good. But it was yeah. All I can say, and I'm evangelizing this now. It's like my new thing. I'm turning a new leaf. I'm born again drag. And if you have not watched this show, go watch it right now. Stop listening to this podcast. Go watch Drag Race. Okay, so I have to leave now because <laughs> I will also have to disclose that I have maybe seen one episode of Drag Race mm-hmm. since it started airing. And I I haven't actively avoided it. It mm-hmm. just hasn't been available to me. Right. So I will have to seek it out more actively now. I 
Can't advise it enough. Watch Drag Race. The show that I evangelize in a way that is very similar to what you're doing right now <laughs> is The Great British Bake Off. Right. Which also has a very, very much a comedy component to mm-hmm. it because t- the two hosts are a comedy duo. Right. And it is so full of puns over the course of the seven seasons that right. they host. It's riddled with puns, mostly to do with baking, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, double entendre right. throughout. And it's just, in addition to being funny, it is, you always, I always associate the word tender with you because you right. use it very well. And <laughs> that is the best word that I can come up with yeah. to describe the Great British Bake Off. It is the most tender television show particularly a competition show right. that i've ever seen and i th- i think there's i think there's maybe a similarity between that show's tenderness and and honestly with mm. between drag race because i think a lot of times like if you're not someone who's like actively taking in drag a lot um you kind of have an idea of like you know what it is or what it can look like or whatever but there's so much there's so much range of of emotion and, and of expression within that art form. And also there's like the tenderness between people, like the really super sweet little tender conversations they have while they're like making dresses or making a new outfit for the next challenge is so incredible. I sit on the coach on the verge of tears <laughs> most of the time. And so as soon as I get home, I'm for sure going to go watch three or four episodes and Maybe finish the season among because I don't even I don't even know where I am in it. I like lost. Did you all start of time. with the first season or did you start partway through? No, so I started with the one season that was on Netflix, which was I think it's eight, which is weird. I don't know why that one's on there, but it was. So I watched that, and then a friend of ours um, gave us their OTV login, <laughs> and so we've been watching. So we watched um, the season right before that because we already know who won. Mm-hmm. And the one after, because we wanted to watch like a newer one, yeah. and now we're starting on two. And oh, we actually just finished two. We started. We just started three. And so- <laughs> it's a funny coincidence because I also watched Bake Off out of order. Right. I started watching it last year when I was in the U.S. because it, they had seasons five, no, four, five, and six. Maybe they had a couple of seasons on net, middle seasons on Netflix mm. because they had aired on PBS as the Great British Baking Show because. Pillsbury right. owns the trademark. Here's another another little factoid for you. <laughs> Pillsbury owns the trademark to the phrase bake off. So here in Canada and the US, the show has to be referred to as the baking show. Right. Not as fun. Uh, so I watched the whatever first season, I think it was season five that they had available mm-hmm. on Netflix in the US. Just in the last day that I was there, because mm-hmm. I was at an Airbnb the night before my flight, there was nothing really else to do. Yep. So I used the download feature. Watched it for right. the entire trip back, flight to Toronto, <laughs> flight to Halifax, and uh, didn't turn my my iPad off of airplane mode. So when I got back to Halifax, it didn't know where I was, what? and I was able to keep watching. <laughs> but I then I went back and started from, I think, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But watching it out of order was interesting because you can see where they've refined things. Maybe yeah. it's the same with, with Drag Race. Yeah, you can see sure. the changes that they've made. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of neat. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm also like so impressed with how much they got right right off the bat. You know, like I watched season two and season three and like they're pretty much almost exactly the same format as the newer seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they change it up and do new stuff because it's been like almost 10 years of this show. Yeah. Um, but 
they nail it right off the bat. And the early seasons are like so good. Mm. And and yeah, like I, I have a really hard time watching things out of order. Like that's just like Me too. I will like not watch a show. I'll just not watch it. Yeah. If you can't start at the beginning, what's the point? What's the point? But with this, just watch it, just watch it, just watch it. Whatever you can get your hands on. Just take it in. Noted. You can listen to LOL You're Gay on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. If we're not in your favorite podcast app, please let us know and we'll try to make it happen. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at LOL You're Gay Pod. That's spelled L-O-L-U-R-G-A-Y-P-O-D. And on Facebook.com slash LOLURGaypod. And if you would like to get in touch with us via email, you can do that at LOLURGaypod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Now please enjoy This Week in Royalty Free Music. <laughs>